Well, I better get going. Your show's almost on. It's officially overtime. Sounds like a freak of nature to me. Yeah, can't wait to meet him. Overtime with Lee Patterson, the only live local radio sports talk show in the Hilo Valley. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. And now, here's your host for Overtime, Lee Patterson. that hard to turn the knobs? Well, hello and welcome to Overtime. I am Lee Patterson. Thanks for joining us. After a couple of weeks, after a couple of weeks off, uh, because Diamondbacks, you know, that is, that is why we've been off the air. We've got, we've had a couple of people ask me why. Uh, we haven't been on, but that is why the Arizona Diamondbacks have been playing at 12 o'clock, 11, 10 in the Midwest as they have uh, ended the season. So we are back on overtime. We're going to catch you up on rankings, football. We've got volleyball. We've got Eastern Arizona College. And speaking of Diamondbacks, if everything works out correctly, we're going to go live to Milwaukee later in the show and talk to Brad Sesmat of Sports 360 AZ, who's out there covering the series. And we'll get you all caught up with today's Diamondbacks game. If the Diamondbacks win today, they win the wildcard series, and then they will head to play the Dodgers. So we'll see where, where that all leads us to. But first, let's get to the scores from last week. We'll start with 3A football. Page beat Ganado 46-6. ALA Ironwood beat Crisbin 38-13. Florence over Borgade Catholic 63-0. Blue Ridge beat Fountain Hills 48-21. Odyssey Institute beat Kofa out of Yuma 42-6. Coolidge beat La Jolla 48-14. Monument Valley beat Chin Lee 28-0. ALA West Foothills beat Paradise Honors in a big upset, 49-48. Round Valley over Payson, 7-3. Sabino beat Push Ridge, 40-27. Benjamin Franklin beat Tempe, 49-6. Thatcher shut out Sholo, 41-0. Valley Christian beat Gilbert Christian, 42-27. And Dysart beat Yuma, 50-27. And in our game of the week last week, it was Safford over Marinci, 26-14. In... A really good football game. It was Safford shut out Marinci in the second half. Their defense was really solid last week. Safford's was. And that has been that has been kind of an Achilles heel for them this year is the defensive side of the football. They've been able to score with everybody, but they hadn't been able to shut people down. They were able to do that Friday night against Marinci and did enough offensively to be able to get the win. It was uh, the passing game with JoJo Ruelas and Chris Chateau was the beneficiary of five catches for 154 yards and two touchdowns. He also led the team with 11 tackles on defense. So he had a big night. He was my player of the game Friday night. And then they've got a short week. They find out this week that their game has been moved to Thursday. We'll talk about that. But if you're 
just finding this out. The Safford versus Round Valley game is being played tomorrow night at Safford High School, not Friday night. So that was, but it was that was a big win. It was almost. I, I I don't like the term "must win," but it was as it was as close to that as possible for Safford, uh, because they they needed one to stay in the playoff hunt with four weeks left, and they did that. All right, let's take a look at the two A scores from last week. Last Thursday night, Holbrook beat Gray Hills forty nine to nothing. Santa Cruz beat Heritage Academy Levine thirty two to fourteen. Pinon over Red Mesa twenty eight to fourteen, and Arizona Lutheran Academy beat Trivium Prep sixty seven. To 15 in Thursday night games. On Friday in the 2A, Miami over Alchesay 20 to 18. Arete Prep beat NFL Yet 48 to nothing. Shadow Mountain beat Coronado 60 to nothing. Highland Prep beat Catalina 52 to 26. Hopi over Valley Sanders 42 to 14. Glendale Prep beat Kingman Academy 23 to 8. Cortez beat Mountainside, 42 to nothing. Benson over Palo Verde, 54 to 6. Tonopah beat Parker, 26 to 23. Camp Verde over Phoenix Christian, 35 to 15. Pima shut out ALA Anthem South, 62 to nothing. St. John's over San Carlos, 60 to nothing. Antelope beat San Pasquale, 56 to nothing. Santan Charter got the forfeit win over Sequoia Pathways after they have dropped their program for the rest of the year. Scottsdale Prep beat Chandler Prep 65 to 18. Globe over St. John Paul II 40 to 22. Tank of Verde shut out Tombstone 31 to nothing. Scottsdale Christian beat Veritas Prep 51 to 12. And Bisbee outlasted Wilcox 30 to 28. 1A football scores from last week. El Capitan over Monticello, Utah 34-21. Baba Kivri beat Desert Height Prep 64-46. Baghdad over Salome at 25-18. Hayden with the forfeit win over Sibiquiu. Rock Point and El Capitan was canceled. They've both played different teams. Anthem Prep. Anthem Prep beat Mayer 50-0. Mugion beat Fredonia 44-14. Mojave Accelerated beat North Phoenix Prep 48-8. Ray over Duncan 36-16. Sam Manuel beat St. David 16-14. That's a big win for Sam Manuel. Cicero Prep over Superior 44-0. Lincoln Prep beat Tempe Prep 50-8. Valley Union on homecoming beat Fort Thomas 52-24 with five defensive touchdowns in that game. Williams over Joe City 78-32. That brings us to this week's Rankings after last week's games. And let's start at the eight-man level. Hayden, one of two undefeated teams in eight-man. They are 6-0. and They sit number one. Baghdad is number two. The other, the other undefeated team in 1A is Cicero Prep. They are 5-0, and sitting number three. Salome is fourth. El Capitan is fifth. Mojave Accelerated is sixth. Mugion seventh. Samuel eighth. Williams ninth. Lincoln Prep is tenth. St. David 11. And Merivale Prep is twelve. Right now, and if I remember correctly, that's the number that 1A takes to the state playoffs is 12. Right now, Duncan sits 19th and Fort Thomas sits 22nd in the 1A rankings coming into this week. 2A football rankings, only two undefeated teams left in 2A as well. Pima, number one overall, is 6-0. Arizona Lutheran, also 6-0. They are number two. 
Santan Charter is third. Scottsdale Christian is fourth. Tanka Verde fifth. Veritas sixth. Camp Verde seventh. Tonopah eighth. Santa Cruz ninth. Chandler Prep 10. Phoenix Christian is 11. Scottsdale Prep 12. Cortez is 13th. Bisbee is 14th. Parker is 15th. And Tombstone sits 16th right now. Those would be the teams that make it into the playoffs if the season ended right now. The other thing that's a little bit, I wouldn't say concerning, but hopefully changes over the next three or four weeks of the two-way season, Pima's number one and Scottsdale Christian is number four. I think that is everybody's state championship game, kind of penciled in. But right now, if that stayed the same, those two would play each other in the semifinals. Pima and Scottsdale Christian and Arizona Lutheran and Santan Charter would be the other uh, semifinal if the, if the seating held one through four right now. But Tanka Verde's looming out there at number five. That's who Scottsdale Christian would have to play coming into the second round. Everybody in the top nine, there's three teams in the top nine with two losses. Everybody else only has one loss. So there's some there's some teams out there still, but so far I've not seen Arizona Lutheran this year, but I did we did see that Pima Scottsdale Christian game, and they are the second best team I've seen this year in two A behind Pima. But Pima, you know, Pima Pima's gonna hold the rest of their schedule. Their region schedule is in strength of schedule low. So they should be fine going into the playoffs. Uh they should be healthy. But they, you know, if the season ended now, if they did 116, it would be Tombstone who came to town. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out the rest of this season. 3A rankings coming into this week. Mojave number one, only undefeated team, <clears throat> excuse me, undefeated team in 3A, the Mojave Thunderbirds. Raise your hand if you saw that coming this year. Yeah, I didn't think so. The Mojave Thunderbirds undefeated in number one. Valley Christian at number two. ALA West Foothills at number three. Paradise Honors at number four. Sabino sits fifth. Florence is sixth. Push Ridge seventh. Blue Ridge is eighth. River Valley number nine. Benjamin Franklin number 10. Thatcher is 11th. Gilbert Christian 12. Marinci sits at 13. Safford is at 14. Winslow 15. And Payson at 16. That would be the top 16 teams to get into the playoffs if the season ended now. Thatcher's put themselves in a pretty good position. They're sitting 3-3. Three and three. They have the most losses in the top 11. and But they, because of their strength of schedule, are at number 11 this week. And have a, have a big meeting with Sabino, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. A little bit. But Mojave... I'd, Mojave's rating is a full point and a half ahead of Valley Christians. But I don't know enough about Mojave to know if they're if they're the real deal. I know they have scored a ton of points against their opponents they've played this year. That's all I can tell you about Mojave. We've seen Valley Christian. ALA West Foothills have we've seen Paradise Honors. I've seen Sabino and Florence. Have not seen Push Ridge. They just had their first loss against Sabino. So we have seen Blue Ridge. Blue Ridge at number eight, lost against three, lost or beat Marinci by three, beat Safford by one on a night when Safford had eight turnovers. So that tells me everybody's, I think it's open in 3A, right? I mean, that's kind of what that tells me right there is that is open 
that 3A is going to be fairly open this year. Let's look at the 3A the 3A football matchups this week with rankings next to them. Uh, on Thursday night, number 15 Winslow is a number, number 26 Chin Lee. Number 30 Fountain Hills is at number 29 Sholo. Number 17 Round Valley at number 14 Safford. Again, Safford hovering right there in the playoffs right now. A win over Round Valley would be huge. Round Valley on the outside looking in right now. They need to win. That's going to be a big game tomorrow night. We'll be there to broadcast it here on KATO 1230 AM and Gila Valley Central.net. Open Loop Energy pregame show at 645. Kickoff at 7 o'clock over from Bulldog Stadium. Should be a really good, really, really good game. Other 3A games on Friday night. Number 32, Yuma, is at number 3, ALA West Foothills. Number 2, Valley Christian at number 36, Borgade Catholic. Number 24, Chino Valley at number, excuse me, number 24, Kingman at number 35, Chino Valley. Number 37, Kofa at number 19, Dysart. Number 27, Monument Valley at number 31, Ganado. Number 25, Wickenburg is at number 1, Mojave. Number 4, Paradise Honors at number 20, Odyssey Institute. Another big game, number 13, Marinci is at number 7, Pushridge. Number 11, Thatcher at number 5, Sabino. Number 22, Coolidge at number 28, Santan Foothills. And number 23, Page at number 34, Window Rock. 2A football this week. Number 46, San Carlos at number 42, ALA Anthem South. Number 22, Antelope at number 2, Arizona Lutheran. Number 13, Cortez at number 7, Camp Verde. Number 17, Glendale Prep at number 29, Highland Prep. Number 6, Veritas Prep at number 15, Parker. Number 23, Benson is at number 11, Phoenix Christian. Number 25, Globe comes to Pima to take on number 1, Pima. Number three, Santan Charter. Number nine, Santa Cruz Valley. That game right there can can switch up that one through four in the two-way ranking that we were talking about. If Santa Cruz beats Santan Charter, everything might even back out. But if Santan holds on to win that one, I think we're going to see those funky two-way semifinals. Number 12, Scottsdale Prep is at number four, Scottsdale Christian. Number 24, Miami is at number 20, St. John's. Number 31, Catalina is at number 16, Tombstone, and number five, Tank Averti, is at number 27, Wilcox. 1A football this week on Friday night, number two, Baghdad at number 17, Anthem Prep. Number 21, North Phoenix Prep at number 20, Desert Heights. Number 15, Valley Union is at number number at number 19, Duncan. And a big top four matchup, number three, Cicero Prep is at number one, Hayden. Number 16, Superior at number 10, Lincoln Prep. Number six, Mojave Accelerated is at number four, Salome. Number 13, Ray, is at number 8, Sam and Well. And number 22, Fort Thomas, is at number 11, St. David. And as we, I post these on my social media every week, the history of the series. And this week, uh, we've done the same, but we'll talk about them on the show today as well. Round Valley and Safford first met in 1985. I believe it was in the 85 playoffs. Round Valley leads the series three games to one. I had to look over the the archives like five times because I I feel like Safford has played Round Valley more than that in my tenure here, but it uh, just is not in the archives. I know they've scrimmaged, scrimmaged each other a ton, and that might be what's in my brain, but only four previous meetings between Round Valley and Safford, and they will meet for the fifth time this week. 
And same with Marinci and Push Ridge. Only one other beating 2009 in the state playoffs. Push Ridge with a win over Marinci in their only other meeting. Thatcher and Sabino, the third ever meeting. The first two were the last two seasons. Thatcher has outscored Sabino 80-35 to in their two meetings. And Thatcher might be the only team that Ryan McBriar at Sabino hasn't beat in his tenure at Sabino. Uh, this one is kind of cool. Globe and Pima first played in 1938. Globe was 5-0 and in their meetings until 1946. And then they didn't meet again into the, until the year 2022 when Pima won. Isn't that, that's kind of cool. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff I look for when I do these, uh, when I dive into these series. Uh, Valley Union and Duncan are the closest. Duncan leads the series 14 to 12. This meeting, this series first started in 1976 and a 14 to 12 lead in the series for Duncan. And this one surprised me that Fort Thomas and St. David first met in 1951. And this is the 62nd meeting between these two in high school football. St. David owns the overall series 43-16 and one tie. That's that is it's a lot of football. 1951, Fort Thomas to, and St. David have played since then. We're going to take a break here on Overtime. When we come back, hopefully we'll have Brad Sesmat from Sports 360 AZ live from Milwaukee, Miller Park, to preview the Diamondbacks tonight against the Milwaukee Brewers in Game 2 of the National League wildcard. Coming back right after this. Welcome back to Overtime. I am Lee Patterson. Thanks for joining us today on this Wednesday. We'll call it Diamondbacks Wednesday. That sounds fun. And that leads us right into our guest today. Uh, joining me now live from Milwaukee, Brad Sesmat. Brad, are you with us? Lee, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm in a lift. Valerie, the driver, is great. She's rocking out. I'm heading to Miller Park, see if the Diamondbacks can win. It's the glamorous life of broadcasting, my friend. You know all about it. <laughs> it, uh, it the hurry up and wait of the day. Uh, people are going, wait, the game doesn't start till four. Yes, this is the time you usually get to the ballpark on game day. Speaking of game days, I feel like as a, as a longtime fan of the Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks were able to steal one last night without using either their, t- their top two starters on the mound, and that sets them up perfectly. You know, Lee, I, I thought last night beforehand, you know, Tori Lavella was talking about guys like Evan Longoria, veteran, 37 years of age, an old dude by that standard, and how he was, felt like he was going to be able to produce for them, and then the nerves of Brandon fought. And you look at the Diamondback starting pitcher, yeah, he was nervous early, and he wasn't very good. He was erratic, but he then struck out the final three to end the inning. And you look at that and say, you know what? When Brandon Fott's in year 2024, 2025, 2026, he'll have gone through this stuff. So that was a growing up moment for him. And and then Longoria's defense last night was amazing for the old man on the team and how well he played. Um, and the bullpen coming in and giving him six in the third innings, a lot of that because of Longo's defense. You know, all the way around, it was a night where 
the Brewer fans were headed to the exits pretty early when Christian Walker hit the two-run double in the ninth inning. And it's a lot of fun to watch. It's a great environment here in Milwaukee. Everybody's geeked up about the playoffs being back. And I think for Diamondback fans, it's been since 2017. So it's a lot of fun. It's a great story. It's great being out here. Yeah, it definitely. And and I think that tonight with, with Zach Gallen going for the Diamondbacks, it really sets up. You know, when you hit, anytime it's in a winner, a winning situation and you've got your ace on the mound, I just think you've got, you know, the leg up. Well, sure. You can look at it one of two ways. You know, the Diamondbacks throw the kid out and they win the game in, in game number one with the bullpen. And you expect that Zach Allen's going to go out and get things done tonight. But let's be honest, he has not been as effective. You know, not to rain on Diamondback fans' parties. Everybody wants to be like, oh, negative rat. No, it's fact. He wasn't very good in September by his standards. And so when you get into this point of the season, um, you'd like to see like he did at Chicago against the Cubs back in mid-September. Nice, complete game. Get the bullpen rested up. Merrill Kelly pitches in Los Angeles on Saturday on game number one against the Dodgers. It, it all sets up nicely, Lee, but... That's why they play the games. So it, you know, yeah, def- it definitely is. And and Craig Council on the other side in that Milwaukee dugout, uh, he's been there, done that as well. He knows he knows what to do. But they are without who they thought was going to be their ace in the postseason. Uh, Woodruff would not did not pitch or is not going to pitch. So w- what do you what do you see on the Milwaukee side of things that, to try to answer back today? Well, I think it's it's interesting out here. You know, Craig Council's name is linked to the. Mets job and his contract is up and so this could be it for him here tonight and they announced the sellout last night it wasn't sold out there were a lot of empty seats I don't know if it's fatigue here this is a as my my Lyft driver said yesterday um, this is a Buckstown and the Brewers yeah there's people are interested but not nearly as much as as they are with Giannis and what's going on and and uh, thanks so much it was a great ride have a good day Live radio, right? <laughs> exactly, live radio. <laughs> yeah, you know, you just hop out and get out of the lift, and there it is. There's, there's the ballpark. Um, yeah, I think I think on Milwaukee's end, there's just this. It's a small town. It's not like Phoenix or Arizona, where you and I could sit here and do a half hour on the Suns or the Cardinals game Sunday against Cincinnati or ASU with Dion or. U of A against USC. I think they're going to give them a good run. There's just so much going on in Arizona. And out here, you know, everybody wears their Brewers jerseys. and Yay, go team. And, and it's fine. It's fine. But I don't feel like uh, that this is a, a group of players that when you, you lose your, your – you lose with your ace on the mound and Corbin Burns and then Woodruff, who you referred to earlier, Lee, goes down with the injury – I just feel like the air's kind of been let out of the balloon here, but that can all change in one inning where they go after Zach Gallon. Right. So it just goes back to how do they play, how do they respond? How do the Diamondbacks respond to this? I think they're playing their best baseball of the season, which is what you want when you come into when you come into postseason play. People say, well, they didn't hit the ball very well against Houston. Yeah, you know what? Those were tough games, and they're able to clinch, and guys were able to release a little bit. And they came in yesterday, and they took it to Milwaukee after that first inning, and felt like they were in control. Yeah, well, Gabriel, you, if you look, leave. You look at the way this thing's set up. Corbin Carroll's only twenty-three. Marino's only twenty-three. Fott was a game one starter. He's not even twenty-three. I mean, they, they're in a pretty good spot that for the next few years, you're not sitting there with 
Madison Bumgarner at a big contract trying to piece it together to put a team on the field to compete. They've gone about it the right way of, of paying these kids and drafting and trading away the guys that, you know, were at the end of their careers or may have put butts in the seats but didn't put wins on the, the scoreboard. Yeah. No, and, and they made some tough decisions this year, but I think it's all panned out to where they are now. And we're talking with Brad Sesmat from Sports 360 AZ, uh, also live from uh, Miller Park in Milwaukee. And you've been around a lot of baseball in your career. Where does What's the feeling with this this clubhouse of where they're at right now? You said they're playing their best baseball of the season, but you know, just the feeling around the guys, what's the feeling in the clubhouse of, of how far this team thinks they can go this year? Well, I, I go back to – I got with the Diamondbacks in 98 when they first started. I was a pre- and post-game show host and all that stuff and was on the air doing it when they won it all in 2001. And that team had a bunch of guys that were um, – they held each other accountable, different sort of era, no social media, no look at me, look at me, none of that stuff. This team reminds me of them a little bit. Like Corbin Carroll hates the spot lightly. Yeah. He just doesn't he's not about it. He hit yet he hits a ball. That that home run he hit last night was the fourth longest in the history of baseball among rookies. Aaron Judge is on that list in front. There's only three other guys that had a ball further as a rookie in a playoff game. That's pretty cool. Right. Um and, and, you know, after the game, he's sitting there with Christian Walker just talking with us, and the two of them are, you know, Corbin doesn't really want to be there. He's like the clubhouse attendant. Like, get me out of here. And not in a negative way, but he's not like the spotlight. That The team of 2001 that won it all, that was a great collection of veterans and guys that, you know, they, they'd be chapped on their backside if things didn't go their way. They had Todd Stottlemyre getting after guys, Randy and Kurt, and, the personalities, a quiet guy like Matt Williams and Jay Bell and Tony Womack. And, you know, it was, it was a great con. Mark Grace as a goofball. You know, you had, you had a great mixture. On this team, you know, from what I can tell, and I'm not here every day, but what I've been able to tell in being around them this year is it starts with their skipper. Tori Lovello is very steady Eddie, and he's been here a long time now. This isn't a guy that's a flash in the pan. They're going to announce in about an hour they've extended Mike Hazen's contract as the general manager of the team. And why not when you look at the moves that he's made here this year? You know, the Gurriel Moreno trade uh, with Toronto, that's an absolute fleecing. Um, you, you, the, the pickup of Seawald late in the year. If they had had this bullpen, think about it, Lee. If they had this bullpen under control by 1st of August rather than 1st of September, they probably – are contending with the Dodgers for a number of victories, but the bullpen was coming out with a gas can and matches the first few months of the season. Yeah, they no, had that... 29 blown saves. They had 29 opportunities of games where they led, and the bullpen didn't get it done. Yeah, I heard a stat last night that that the Diamondbacks were the, are the first team in baseball to play in the postseason who had a, at least a nine-game losing streak during the year. Yeah. And no, it's... It, it, yeah, for them to be even get in is... Because of the ups, the ups and downs weren't like little hills and valleys. They were like cliffs, and they were able to climb back out of it. and And I think that that also has helped get the fan base back. They, they were fun to watch this year. No, they're fun. They're an embraceable group. I was in. Uh, I, I dropped my son off at college in August, and we. Which, by the way, makes down. me feel really old, Brad. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that's the way it goes. But we drove back down through Aspen, and I. I texted Ken Kendrick, the owner of the team, and we met up for breakfast at Aspen. And this is uh, mid-August, and he was 
He's like, oh, I don't know if we're going to make it. You know, and now I'm supposed to see him here today. He's here in Milwaukee today. And uh, I'm going to give him the business about, like, <laughs> even you weren't into this thing. Come on, man. Even you were thinking it wasn't going to come through. But that's the beauty of sports. When I like the fact that it's an owner who's realistic. I can't handle owners they're like everything's great no it's not no yeah we we have eyes we have ears we know it's not fans are are not dumb when a team stinks they stink say they stink fix it or get out we we don't want to be told that things are and this is a group that that zach allen's going to get a huge contract he's going to get a huge contract okay so you have an ace and you have merrill kelly who's turned into a number two maybe he's a three maybe you can upgrade that but you have a, a plethora of young players in this offseason that if you decided, and I, I'm not again, I'm not for trading a kid like Alec Thomas. You've got some guys now that other teams are going to want, and you could go out there and piece together that go get that veteran pitcher to put in the number two slot or the number three slot. Because I think they're probably a starter away. And then fought next year, you look at and say, okay, he's going to be your three or your four. And there's other arms down on the, you know, Tommy Henry got hurt during this year. Jameson got hurt during this year. So they've got a lot of options. It's an optimistic time to follow the baseball team. It really is. And it's fun. Yeah, it really is. And I appreciate you taking some time on your way to the ballpark today to to jump on here with us today and, and catch us up to date uh, of what what the, the sights and sounds are of Milwaukee. One last question before you go. Uh, yeah. what, what's ASU football the rest of the season? Um, let's see. I like Kenny Dillingham a lot. He's inherited an absolute dumpster fire. You know, it's an embarrassment that the president of the university and the athletic director let this thing sit there for two years and didn't do a thing about it. Oh, everything's great. No, it's not. <laughs> we can all see it. So they're paying. Kenny's paying for the sins of what happened in the past. U of A's lapped them. Remember a few years ago when Kevin Sumlin was was at U of A and just the Wildcats, they were a dumpster fire. They were the worst program in Division One football. Mm-hmm. And now Jed Fish has them turned in the right direction. They have a litmus test game at USC on uh, Saturday night in prime time. So, and Dion's coming to the Valley this week. It's, it's fine, but Kenny's undermanned. He's in a sword fight with a piece of spaghetti, Lee. That's the only way <laughs> that's, I can put that's it. That's a great way to put it. That, I'm, that yeah. is, that's, that's a great... That's a great way to put that. Well, well, Brad, I appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the Diamondbacks get it done in two and can can take a couple of nights off. Anytime that Lee Patterson texts, well, I won't say two in the morning. Anytime Lee Patterson texts, you're a legend, man. You're kicking butt down there, and you've done it for years and years and years, and you're a great service to people in the community. And it's good to hear from you. Anytime, Lee. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for your time today, Brad. Enjoy the game. See ya. See ya. That is Brad Sesma. He is, uh, you've probably heard him on the morning for years here on KTO with uh, Skyview as well as his website, Sports360AZ. We're going to take one more break. We'll come back to wrap up the show here on Overtime right after this. Welcome back to Overtime. Lee Patterson with you. Thanks for joining us today on Overtime. Again, our thanks to Brad Sesmat, who joined us live from Miller Park in Milwaukee with the preview of tonight's game, Diamondbacks game, which you can hear at uh, 3.30 is when the pregame show will start today with Chris Garagiola. And then we'll jump into play-by-play 
uh, combo play-by-play with Chris Garagiola and uh, the governor who is uh, in his final season. They named the uh, press box after him over at uh, the ballpark too as well. Don't forget the Thatcher, or excuse me, the Safford Round Valley game tomorrow night at Safford High School. That will be our game of the week this week. We will have, depending on if the when the Diamondbacks play on Saturday, should they win tonight uh, against the Dodgers, we'll have Diamondbacks will take preference uh, the rest of the way in the since they are in the playoffs. So, if you're looking for a Diamondbacks game, it will be on here on the radio. ASU and the Cardinals this weekend as well, and on our sister station Sunny 102.3, you can hear U of A and USC as you heard Brad say, in a litmus test game to see what they do at USC for the Wildcats. That'll do it for us here today. Thanks for joining us on Overtime. We will be back next Wednesday with more of the same. Have a good one. Enjoy the county fair this weekend as well. If uh, you know, Be careful when you're out there. It's going to be a big crowd. Uh, and Watch for the traffic. And uh, enjoy, enjoy the weekend. The weather's cooling off you know, just enough to make it a nice, cool weekend. So enjoy it and be safe. Have a good one.